Hello, it's great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Planning Wisdom of the Super Rich. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We thank you for joining us today. I've got Devang Patel, founder and wealth manager over at Virtus Wealth Solutions. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, we want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. Devang and I, we tackle new complex financial topics each episode, and today we've got a particular one that I think you're going to like a lot. You know, the topic of the day really is how to be a savvy negotiator, which is a skill, let's be honest, that comes in handy (laughs) professionally and personally. It's something we can always look to have in our arsenal of tools. Now, think about this. Highly successful, self-made, multimillionaires, these super affluent and, um, you know, accomplished professionals. Well, they're all highly successful negotiators. This is something that they use on a regular basis, and they try to use it to harness a win-win scenario for themselves at every turn of the negotiation phase. So today, we're going to explore what it is exactly that they do, what it is that they say, how they go about this process to ultimately achieve the, the you know the results that they aspire to, to get. Uh, so luckily, we've got Devang with us who deals with these individuals on a regular basis, and he's going to share some of the lessons learned that he's taken from them along the way. So let's go ahead and bring Devang on. Devang, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Hey, I'm I'm really excited about our topic today. Typically, we dive into the nitty-gritty of financial information and, and strategies when it comes to finances specifically, but this is one that we can really apply to our, our personal lives as well. So to get our conversation started today, Devang, smart negotiating tactics and strategies are obviously things that we all want to possess. We all want to be able to do these kinds of things. What have you discovered in terms of these habits of the really effective negotiation? in your travels. Ryan, over the years working with extremely successful professionals and business owners, what we have observed that success in business and in life often results largely from knowing what skill work extremely well and then practicing those skills a lot. That seems to be especially true when it comes to negotiating. You can almost get what you ask for if that is you are able to ask the right way. We find that the most successful affluent entrepreneurs and professionals typically have three tools in their negotiation tool beds that regularly reach they reach for, especially when they're trying to close an, a really great deal. Number one, a particular mindset. Number two, a solid understanding of the issues at hand. And number three, people smarts. Right. And Devang, I'd love to dive into the weeds of this, uh, you know, for our audience. What What's really the foundation that you see of a truly smart approach to negotiating as a whole? Ryan, it's hands down mindset. Your mindset is at the core. Ideally, you want to get the most you can from a negotiation, satisfyingly your complete set of wants. But you should absolutely hit a minimum set of conditions, your needs to close a deal. If you conclude the negotiations feeling good about the outcomes and how you handle the bargaining process, that's a big plus. All of this is true for your counterparties as well. This is, Ryan, what we call a classic win-win scenario that we should all strive for. You are most likely to get more of what you want if you really care about helping your counterparties get what they want. Very often, it's just really good business to do that. Sure. And hey, Devang, I don't know about you, but I love win-win scenarios. They're the best kinds of scenarios, right? So, you know, obviously they, they pay even more out to us personally and professionally when, when those win-win scenarios net a highly desirable goal of ours, something that we're really hoping to achieve. 
But is that always possible? It's not always going to be a win-win scenario, right? No, Ryan, you're right. It's not always a win-win. And I'm married, and I can tell you from experiences at home, it's never a win-win, always. <laughs> Although you should be motivated to come up with a deal that gives all sides much of what they want, it's also important that you should not make a deal that fails to address your own needs. A bad deal is almost always worse than no deal at all. And that's the most important thing I've learned and from the experiences of successful entrepreneurs is the ability to say no. But that say the situation where everyone wins is more important than a lot of people assume. Right, right. So that's one tool, you know, mindset as well as just making sure we're looking for situations where everybody can win. What's a second negotiating tool, Devang, that you see being used by the very successful negotiators these days? Wine, the other second thing that we see is they really have a deep understanding of the issues at hand. Mm -hmm. In most business negotiations, Ryan, a solid grasp of the issues involved, all three, technical, legal, and financials, is very essential. Being able to effectively understand the relative importance of proposed terms is usually foundational to effective bargaining. Sometimes, a superior com comprehension of the intricacies or the various proposed terms of an agreement can lead to a superior results. There are instances I've seen, Ryan, for example, when greater sophistication concerning the legal or financial aspects of a negotiation translates into a much better outcome. Sure. You know, having the smarts, having the know-how in a particular area can give you a leg up on your competition, so to speak. But Devang, there's the there's the third tool that I want to you know touch on today. And this might be even the most important tool of them all when it comes to negotiating, and that's the people smarts. What are we talking about here? Fine. This is where the proper mindset and even the grasp of all the issues by themselves are unlikely to get you the outcome you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you're also going to need what we call people smarts. As the famous uh, Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu stated, if you know the enemy, know the, yourself. You need not fear the result of 100 battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So this law of human nature and human interaction has been shown to be true numerous times over the centuries. So let me break it down. The first component is knowing yourself. For accomplished entrepreneurs and professionals, and even just savvy deal makers in general, successful negotiation is often as much about emotional and psychological factors as are the numbers and terms. Being people smart is knowing yourself and being able to size up your counterparties by taking into account the particular negotiation. You should go into any negotiation, Ryan, with clear ideas of what you need and what you want to accomplish and use that information as a filter when you come when it comes to making decisions. Right. And I love this one, Devang. You need to understand who you're sitting across the table from. That's a really important factor in negotiation, understanding what their needs and wants could be as well as your own. So that being said, what can someone do to Vang to gain those people smarts that we just chatted about and ultimately better size up those folks that are sitting across the table that we're negotiating with? What, what can we do to, to get better at that? Ryan, they should go into any negotiation with clear ideas of what they would need and want to accomplish and use that information as a filter when it comes to making decisions. 
you want to be able to answer the following five questions. Number one, what do I want out of the negotiations? Number two, what do I need out of the negotiations? Number three, what is at stake from financial to the psychological? And num number four, what will happen if an agreement is not reached? And finally, what will happen at different levels of agreement? You have to decide just what is in your enlightened self-interest and be very clear and honest with yourself. Often, what we find is people become somewhat over-optimistic or not appropriately self-reflective, and so they fail to have a clear knowledge about how much various factors actually matter in a negotiation. Also, they tend not to know what constitutes success. Many times in these circumstances, people end up negotiating with themselves and are amazingly successful until the counterparty gets involved, and that's it. I remember uh, Mike Tyson's uh, saying, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> I love that, especially for this topic. Um, hey, speaking of these counterparties there, Devang, are they the know your enemies part uh, of that you know expression by Sun Tzu, uh, that equation? Ryan, well, most of us aren't as strident, let's say, as Sun Tzu was. And most good negotiation situations aren't war. So you definitely want to think of the other side as counterparties and not enemies in our opinion. There are many ways to become informed about the people with whom you will be negotiating. When possible, look at the deals they've done in past and how they played out. Often, it's during the bargaining process itself that the greatest insights are gained. But gaining insights take deep and careful listening which is often not people's first consideration during negotiation. As my mom says, God gave you two ears and one mouth and use them in that proportion. <laughs> Work to be non-judgmental as you listen to other parties' views, arguments, and conditions. Doing so will encourage them to share more with you and help you get a good understanding of what matters most to them. Right. I really like this. And I think this is one to be, to be stress, uh, you know, over the top almost is yeah. Understanding, knowing your and your enemy or counterparty across the table, understanding their past dealings, their desires, you know, if you can show some sympathy, even some empathy towards them and what they're trying to achieve. I love that you said that Devang, they might be open to sharing more information, which then in turn, you could use that information uh, to help and benefit your cause and maybe, just maybe, get to that ultimate win-win scenario that we were talking about earlier. But hey, Devang, look, this has been a great conversation. I do want to kind of sum up everything that we've been talking about, all these different pointers that we've given for our audience today. How do we effectively put all these pieces together so that you know anybody that watched our episode, anybody that's listening to this conversation today can you know take a great approach at their next negotiation? Brian, there is a famous saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. So in my view, Ryan, your insights into yourself and the people on the other side of the table, from the technical details of the deals to the egos and emotional aspects at play, form a mosaic that usually provides you with ways to craft a deal that satisfies both you and the counterparties. By being able to see the bigger picture formed by each piece of the mosaic, you can potentially increase the likelihood of a great outcome. In my view, the message here is clear. You should arm yourself with these three tools and practice them repeatedly, and you can find yourself getting what you need and what you want in negotiation after negotiation. That, in turn, can help you build a rock-solid business 
get your agendas at work met or even build an even better life for yourself and your family. Yeah, Devang, this has been a super helpful episode. There's a lot of great nuggets of information in here. Um, you know, is there anything in your personal experiences, um, you know, that you could share as a kind of a final note, really, for our audience today? Any last tip from you? Look at it from the other person's perspective when you are negotiating. And always, like this one billionaire said, always leave enough meat on the bone so the other person also comes out as a winner. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, look, Devang, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love today's topic. This was a great one because, uh, you know, of course it can be used professionally. That's what a lot of our, our show is about, but I love that these can also be carried into your personal life as well. So thank you for your time. We appreciate you being on today. And look, we want to thank you, our audience, our viewers, for joining us for another edition of the show. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, feel free to comment, subscribe, and share this knowledge with friends and family. We had a great discussion today regarding you know, the tactics surrounding negotiation and some strategies you should implement during that process. Really great stuff all around, and we would hate for you or anyone close to you to miss out on some of this beneficial stuff. So for Devank Patel, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Planning Wisdom of the Super Rich.